now, it's time for Blazer's Edge. Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Welcome into another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan. We've got my good friend and co-host, Sam Arnold, back in the saddle today, back from his vacation to uh, the wonderful state of Utah. And we've got Stephen Glickman, as always, running the boards, doing a fine job, as always. Uh, first things first, Sam, how you doing? Doing great, doing great. Got a little recovery in. Got some some time in the sun in. Uh, got some hikes in. Enjoyed Zion National Park. It was really nice. And then came back and watched some very one sided basketball. <laughs> yeah, conference finals have not been <laughs> yeah, outstanding. pretty pretty bad. Uh, we'll talk about that. Thank God we've got the draft lottery to talk yeah. about as well, so we don't have to just focus on what has been a pretty awful, uh, historically awful, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> conference. Finals. Uh, now, last time you were in Utah, you met Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. You meet anybody famous? Uh, this and when you were in Hawaii, you met or saw Todd Rundgren. Yeah. You, you meet him or you saw him? So I I saw Todd Rundgren when I was in Kauai, and then when I was in Maui more recently. I saw Sammy Hagar. I don't know if I told oh, you that. You did tell me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You meet so many famous people, <laughs> I can't keep track. So who'd yeah. you meet this time? Nobody. Oh, well, <laughs> not a, not a not a single famous person. What a letdown. Yeah, right. it was it was a big disappointment yeah. of a trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you go Sammy Hagar, how are you going to top yeah. that? Right? <laughs> All right, Stephen, how you doing today? I am doing okay. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, draft lottery was last Tuesday, Sam. Now you were in Utah; you were not able to watch. Yeah, they did not yet have uh, TVs out there. No, right? They were working on it. Yeah, yeah still working on it. <laughs> um, you fired up the gramophone, and we're trying to to listen that way. But um, the big news, obviously, the Blazers get the third pick, yeah. and I feel a lot better about it now than I did last Tuesday. I'm going to be honest; I was pretty uh, depressed last Tuesday because. Once you dangle that first pick in the air, three doesn't seem as great. But now, you know, we're able to step back and look and say, okay, you're going to get either a really good player or you've got a chance to bring in a real difference maker in what is going to be a really good draft pick. Yep. Two would be better. Well, one would obviously be best. Um, Two would be better because you get your pick. Uh, Mm -hmm. First of all, to clarify – there is no trade imaginable that the Spurs would give up the rights to Victor Wembignano and or consider taking anybody else. That is as yeah. set as stone as we have seen since LeBron James. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's no question that you could not dangle enough at them to get them to to make that trade. They saw Victor Wembignana. They purposely tanked their entire season, which this is not a good look for the NBA when you've got uh, two teams that one that tanked all year long and the mm-hmm. Spurs get number one. And and the second one, you have a team that tanked after the all star break. Uh, the Blazers, they get number three. So uh, tanking does work. <laughs> so that's not a great look for the NBA. The Hornets just sucked. They just naturally sucked, and they end up getting number two. Um, so their big decision is Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Now, much like the Blazers, where Scoot Henderson is is viewed as the second best player in this draft, the funny thing is, the t- actual, what's really funny is the Two, three, four, and five. Certainly two, three, and five. Jury's still out on four. They all have a franchise point guard. Yeah. Where you're talking the Hornets, that's about all they got, right? We've talked about LaMelo Ball. Blazers have Dame. You know, Houston has Jalen Green. I mean, I don't think they're married to Jalen Green. Uh, But then Detroit has, uh, now, Scoot's not going to go to five, but Detroit has Cade Cunningham. Right. Right? So it's going to be interesting to see. It seems like the Hornets are probably going to go for Brandon Miller. Um, and it seems like teams are not as concerned about the off-court issues as we might have expected. That seems to have kind of gone away. Yeah, yeah. So, assuming they take Brandon Miller, if you're the Blazers, do can you pass up on taking what is seen as, in most drafts, would be a consensus number one pick in Scoot Henderson... Four. Would you? Would you? When you have Damian Lillard? Yeah, I that's mean, the big question. So, kind of my opinion on things now is, you, you, if you don't get Brandon Miller at that position, because to me, Brandon Miller is is really the only guy I'm thinking about actually using the draft pick on. That would be a great fit. Too. It would be a great fit. But I that's think, not going to be your. That's going to be Charlotte's to say you get whoever exactly, Charlotte doesn't take. Exactly. So that's a big. You and, don't know. You know, a lot of I feel like most of the mock drafts I'm seeing are kind of fifty fifty on who well, Charlotte's going to take. It's funny because the mock drafts before we knew the teams, it yeah. was all scoot. Yeah. But now that they see who it is, right. it's switched to Brandon Miller. Yep. And, you know, I like you were mentioning, I don't know that Scoot makes a lot of sense on either team. I think he makes more sense on Charlotte because at least you can build a young backcourt because you already have a young backcourt. He doesn't make as much sense on the Blazers. If you're, yeah, I mean, if who knows if Lamelo's going to stick around anyway. Yeah, right? true. They're, they're less tied true. to him. I mean, you might if you're Charlotte, it can't hurt things to blow it up again. Right? Yeah. So kind of my opinion right now is if Brandon Miller does fall to three and the Blazers has the opportunity to get him, I'm still probably shopping the pick and seeing right. what I can get out of it because I, I think you have to do your due diligence in this case. Yeah. That being said, if we get Brandon Miller at the start of the year, I'm not going to be disappointed. To be to be no. totally honest, I, I think he's a guy that can slot into this team right away. And, you know, a lot of guys are saying, well, we don't need a young guy. We need to build around Dame. But I think this is a guy who can contribute around Dame right away. And then, yeah. you know, you still have a future when Dame either retires or leaves. Right. Because you have this, you know, the pairing of Shaden Sharp and Brandon Miller is, is pretty imposing. Yeah. If, if you think about it five years down the line, I mean, those are – 
two guys who could be future all-stars. It's a nice little transition after Dame retires. Yeah, and, you know, I I think about a a few years ago, the number three pick, who is a similar build guy in Jason Tatum, Mm. contributed right away as a rookie. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. So am I willing to pass up on that? I don't know. I don't think I am. I unless you get a huge return and we're talking to me, we're talking like all star level players. Yep. And I don't think you should accept anything less. I'm hearing a lot of people float around. You know, there was the Mikhail Bridges rumor, which I, I don't like trading the third pick for Mikhail Bridges. Um there's been the OG rumor forever, yeah. and I would be absolutely disgusted if we trade the third pick for OG and Anobi. Um, <laughs> that would be a horrendous decision. It would be horrendous, and and anybody who thinks otherwise clearly hasn't watched how many games OG and Anobi actually well, played. Well, they're not going to because and, if you remember, Toronto wanted the seventh pick last year for OG, and yeah. the Blazers said no to that. Yeah. So you would assume Let's they hope. would say Let's no to hope. three. They wouldn't go backwards, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you can build a package around that 23rd pick. Um, maybe like 23 and Anthony Simons or something. Because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of rumors that Fred Van Vliet's not going to be in Toronto next year, mm-hmm. so maybe they want a guard. Uh, maybe you can just do Anthony Simons for OG. I wouldn't be too disappointed with that. No, I think I'd... Yeah, I mean, I hate to give up on Ant like that. I but... don't. <laughs> I'm I'm done. Shaden makes it easy to do. Shaden makes right? it easy. You're yeah. at the point where you kind of, if you're not going to bring Ant off the bench, yeah, which is not going to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You got to move on. It's not going to work. And you know, if you're not bringing Ant off the bench, then you should probably trade Dame because that pairing does not work. You can't have both of them, and I'd rather have Dame than Anthony Simons. Yeah. Well, interesting. You should mention that because we do have a text rolling in that says that they're ready to trade Dame. Ah, um, and a few other things as well, but but the 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 meat of it is they're they're looking to trade Dame. Why sacrifice the team's future? So this is basically saying I'd take Scoot and and trade Dame. Now to trade Dame against his wishes would be the ultimate slap in the face. And I don't know what I. I feel like that would be such a horrific look around the league that I don't think you would ever get another decent free agent to come here yeah. ever again. The only way you can trade Damian Lillard is if Damian Lillard wants to be traded. Yeah. And as of right now, he does not want to be traded. Right. So <laughs> I I can't do that. I mean, no. I mean, you've got to have some semblance of a conscience here with how loyal he's been to the franchise. Uh, you can't just trade him like that. And this is what... Uh, myself and Dylan Sage talked a lot about last week is as good as Scoot is mm-hmm. and he's had two the the interesting thing about Scoot Henderson is he's young he's 19 but he's had two years of professional experience yeah. now playing in the right. G League that's huge right Brandon Miller's got one year playing at Alabama Victor Wamignana has been playing in pro- against professionals uh over in um in France uh, Very different so, league, though. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But, but I mean, all these guys have professional. Yeah. Well, but Brandon Miller doesn't have professional, but he's playing right. in the SEC. Pretty good league, right? Yep. Uh, High-level college basketball player. These guys have experience. These aren't, you know, your Shaden Sharp, for example, mm-hmm. where they're coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Scoot Henderson, all three of these guys are going to be ready to contribute right away. Yep. Right? I mean, there's no question about it. They're all going to jump in. They're all going to be starters. Victor is going to be the heart, you know, option one two and three on the spurs um if brandon miller goes to alabama he or uh, sorry if he goes to charlotte he immediately becomes your number two behind Lamelo ball yeah um and kind of fills that void that you've had since the uh 
Miles Bridges disaster, yeah. right? Where he was your number two guy and he um, got himself out of the league. Yeah. Um, and you were kind of left in Charlotte like, uh-oh, what do we do now? Because we don't have a whole lot else going on. Uh, now, you did get Mark Williams, who was, you know, he had a pretty good year once yeah. they decided to play him, but yeah. he's not really a, a, a franchise cornerstone, right? No. So you've got one right now in LaMelo Ball who missed a lot of last year. I think they'll take Brandon Miller. So I think, but I'm with you. It, I've talked myself into drafting Brandon Miller because yeah. last week I said Victor or bust. If it's not Victor, you trade the pick. I have talked myself into Brandon Miller when you consider that uh, when was the last time the Blazers had a decent small forward? Yeah, especially uh, a small forward at 6'9". Or a small forward as opposed yeah. to running a two-guard out there like Norman Powell and, right. and Josh Hart. And I think the answer to that question is, sadly, Nicholas Batum. Yeah, which yeah, was probably. almost 10 years ago now, <laughs> right. I mean, for God's sake. That was the last time you had, like, a good small forward, right? I mean, we tried the uh, Mo Harkless deal, mm-hmm. and, and I mentioned that somebody else was in there. But uh, Mo Harkless, I think Kent Bazemore was there for mm-hmm. uh, he was the He was supposed to be the guy, and he had yep. a horrific year. Um, and then you tried Norman Powell. You tried, okay, let's, let's reinvent the wheel here. Let's, instead of playing a small forward, let's play two shooting guards. Yeah. And that didn't work out. Norman Powell and, and Josh Hart, um, you weren't able to take advantage of having those guys' talent, and lo and behold, they go on to other places and immediately resume being great. Yeah. So, great yep. job there. Yep. Good coaching. <laughs> great coaching. Um, so, I... So... I've now talked myself into, okay, if, if Brandon Miller does fall to three, which I'm not thinking is going to happen, I, it, it makes a lot of sense that Charlotte would take him. Yeah. Right? Unless he does something <laughs> before the draft right. uh, to derail his stock. And even so, Charlotte's probably still going to take him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, this is the team that was right. in talks to re-sign They were Miles They Bridges. were ready to re-sign yeah. Miles Bridges. I don't so think they're worried about I it. I don't anything. think they're too worried about it either. Uh, yeah, they're just desperate for relevance right yeah. now. Um, so I think he's going to. So the question becomes, do you take Scoot Henderson? With having Dame on your team, I can't imagine that goes over well with Damian Lillard. Yeah. So now you've got this weird... Yeah, I don't want to say chemistry issue, but you've got this weird kind of uh, situation if right. you decide to take Scoot Henderson, or if you trade it, you know there's a lot of teams that would be that would be salivating at the chance to draft mm-hmm. Scoot Henderson at three. That's a steal yeah. at three. When you talk about it, again, in a lot of drafts, he'd be number one. Yeah, but because of bizarre circumstances where you've got a generational talent, Victor Wembanyama, you've got Charlotte, who really the only position they have is point guard. He will probably fall to the third pick. And, oh, by the way, the team that has the third pick already has a franchise point guard. So it, if Brandon Miller is not there, I don't think you can take Scoot Henderson. Mm. Because that would uh, – I don't think that it will – because what it comes down to is you cannot – it does not make sense to have Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard on the same team. Because yeah. Scoot Henderson is not going to come in to be an apprentice. Right. He's ready to be the guy. Right. And he wouldn't be the guy. And and then you've got the thing, you know, you'd have Dame looking over his shoulder the mm-hmm. whole time. I just don't see that working out. Do you think there's any circumstance where the Blazers keep Damian Lillard and are able to draft Scoot Henderson and have them coexist like that? I mean, it, there there is a, a, a far-off multiverse world <laughs> where that works, I think. But 
I I don't see it realistically happening, especially with the problems that this coaching staff has with getting right. players to play together in their accurate positions. Because here's the thing, Scoot Henderson, if we didn't have Damian Lillard, I would be beyond thrilled. Oh, yeah, you're looking at the future backcourt of Scoot and Shaden? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, two just uber-athletic players. Uh, Scoot in particular off the dribble is, is so good. Um, yeah, we talked about the stage last week. The one issue he has right now, he's not he's not a great shooter, yeah. especially from outside. Yep. Now. But we also talked about he doesn't huck up a bunch of shots. Yep. He only averages about three attempts a game. So yep. he's not your Jalen Green where yep. he's just going to fire it or your Anthony Simons right. where he's going to fire at will. You you assume that he will get better, but he's a guy who can do enough other uh, enough other things to help you win, and he's not going to force shots like that when it's not his strength well and like you mentioned every other year outside of potentially the most freakish nba prospect in history and with victor Wembanyama, he's got to be right up there as one of the greatest prospects to ever enter the draft well there have been a lot of people that said that yeah he is the yeah. best forget lebron he is the best yeah, prospect. right i mean you know lebron would have something to say about that kareem would have something to say about no. that probably but you know he's he's definitely up there he's in the conversation for sure without a doubt i i think the the body type he has the skill set he has we've never seen that ever. well his comp is like five different hall of famers yeah together. exactly it's it's <laughs> insane so without him if we're taking this any other year. Scoot Henderson's a number one draft pick yeah. any other year. Heck, Brandon Miller's a number one yep. draft pick yes. most years. Yep. So You've got three number one picks here, the so fact that it's a good year to have number three. Exactly. So we're essentially getting a number one pick no matter what. Yes. So am I willing to roll the dice on that and just see if it works for a season? Yeah, I I, I might be. You know that, And that's the thing. I Again, you have to do your due diligence. You have to shop the pick yep. around. You have to see what the market is willing to give you for it especially when you have teams like Milwaukee and Philly who who kind of underperformed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Are those teams going to be blowing stuff up? You know, make those phone calls. Try to get some of these superstar players because if you can put a package together for, you know, an all-NBA level guy better than an all-star player. Um, what about an MVP? Yeah, an MVP. Get Joel. <laughs> I mean, we would love it. You, Joel or Giannis, make those calls. I mean, seriously, it's, yeah. you, you got to do your dil- due diligence with it. Package both picks if you need to. Throw an ant. Throw in, you know, anybody other than Shaden and Dame. In my opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I said last week. Is yep. yeah, Shaden, Dame, and then assuming you re-sign Jeremy Grant, probably those are the only three guys that you can pencil in. Everybody else yeah. is on the table, yeah. right? As and well as as well as any draft pick for the foreseeable. And future. that's what it should be. And if you can't get an All-Star level player for this pick, you just, I, in my opinion, you roll with it and you roll see what it. happens. Yep. Even if it's Scoot, you know. Yep. Play him at the two guard for a bit because that's what we've been doing anyway, um, and then have him run the point in the backup unit. You know, it could work out. There, like, like there would Ant. have to be, yeah, there would have Treat to him be. Like some, you have Ant, but he's a he's a better defender. He's a better defender and a better all He's a player. smarter player. He's a, a better all around player. Yeah, definitely. Anthony Simons is a really good scorer. Yes, who is streaky, but yes. he doesn't have a whole lot else. Right, going. Yep. Steven? the the Blazers in my mind desperately need an elite four. Well, they right. need a, a, a three and a four. Well, they've and they've got uh, Jeremy I think, Grant. I think Jeremy Grant would actually be a Jeremy great Grant's three. Your three. Okay. So here's I the thing: you. I don't think Charlotte can take Brandon Miller because after Miles Bridges, can they afford somebody else who's a risk? I don't think they care. Probably not. I, I, they, I mean, if they take them, they're a bad franchise. 
Well, they are. <laughs> if the Blazers were to take Scoot Henderson, it would only be because they were going to trade something like Dame and Ant. And yeah. maybe the later number one pick for someone like UL Embiid. Yeah. Then they have an, an elite backcourt, and then they have the elite frontcourt, and that's the design for a modern NBA team. If they took Scoot Henderson, I mean, they, they could take Scoot Henderson if they want to do that, but the the first guy who is really a choice for them is Jarris Walker. And do you want to take Jarris Walker with your three pick? No. Definitely not. Yeah. No, and I know Dylan Sage would say differently because that's his guy. Every year he has one guy that he overhypes. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Now, Jarris Walker's <laughs> really good, but he's yeah. not as good as But I, I think that, it, you know, it, it. I think that they have to trade it. I think they have to trade that pick. But you could – the other option is potentially, you know, if if you want a guy like Jairus Walker who would be a good fit on this team, definitely, maybe trade down in, in the lottery, you know? You oh, trade to feels, a team like – That feels so anticlimactic, though, it does. To, go from, to go from three to trade down. But, I mean, it's if just... you're – think about, like, you know, look at, like, Orlando at six, which is right around where Jairus right. – where he's projected to go at five right now. Is that what I'm seeing? He's at five, too. Yeah. Detroit, so, which would make a lot of sense. Which would make a lot of sense. Uh, by the way, Detroit got screwed. Yeah, they did. Oh, <laughs> oh poor Detroit. I poor actually Detroit. feel bad. Like that's that's that sucks. Yeah, for them. do better. It's, yeah, try not to suck for a yeah. decade. Maybe yeah. like, get some better luck. <laughs> but anyway, maybe trade down to one of those teams. Especially the Magic has a lot of intriguing guys. You know, maybe yeah. You you trade you package three for like the sixth pick and and like Wendell Carter or. Uh, Maybe you get Franz Wagner out of it. Uh, probably not, but you know, you, you could be creative if you want a guy like Jairus Walker, and you you don't get the correct return for the third pick. So, the the theme of all this is yeah. the Blazers have a lot of options. They do because they got up to number three, and that's what's really exciting about this offseason is we have a lot of options. A lot of options. I am wholly against trading down. I, I think I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather roll the dice with Scoot and I see think what I happens. would too. I think I would too. But yeah, it, it trading it, down feels like the move that the Blazers have been making for the past ten years. Right. Where you kick the can down the road. Yeah. And you do it. This is your chance to swing for the fences. Yeah. And I hate to just kind of lay down a bunt here. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get some runs on the board. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's late in the game. To use a few, you know, baseball references here, you're late in the game. You're down seven nothing, right? Yeah. You gotta get some runs on the board. Yeah. So, I hate trading down, and I, if they take a Thompson twin, mm. I'm gonna lose my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that being said, I lost my mind when they took Shaden Sharp, and that, you know, I'm happy to eat crow on that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see that with the uh, the Thompson twins playing and overtime elite well the other thing about the thompson twins again they're great players we have three number one picks yeah go take one of the number one picks essentially that's i mean it's it's that obvious if you don't take one of those top three guys victor's not going to be on the board we all know that so if you don't take brandon miller or scoot henderson whoever's available then you're you're making the wrong choice yeah now i'm with you i'm with you and I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah, it's all going to. You still got to shop it. Yeah, it's all going to depend on what is on the table for that third pick, and that that's something that we're not going to know, right? Right. So that's the tough part. Is that something that we're not privy to? But if the price is right, if you can get a really good player for an all-star player for the third pick, I think you've got to. uh, Now, it obviously depends on who the player is, right? But in most cases, I think if you can get an all-star 
for, say, the third pick in Anthony Simons, you got to go for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you can't, just take Scoot. And, yeah. And, and worry, you know, you're going to have to talk with Dame about it. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation because you will have failed again to to surround him with a with a veteran player. Yeah. Um, but it's better, in my opinion, than than trading for, you know, an OG on Anubi or something, right. a role player with right. the third overall pick or trading down, in my opinion. Man, I'll tell you, I'm going to be just so sick if we trade for OG and Anubi and overpay for him, which is what half of Portland seems to want for some reason. But again, like, this is a guy who doesn't play half of yeah. the season almost every he's good. year. He's, he's really he's good, good. But, yeah, yeah. He, he is unreliable. Is he going to be a good fit when he plays? Definitely. Is he going to make it to the playoffs? Who knows? So if you're yeah. essentially trading away your future and all of the negotiating power you have in the offseason – for a guy who might not even end up doing anything for you. I mean, this would be just so disappointing. Now, me. he did play 67 games this year, which seems high. It, uh, I would have yeah, I would have guessed that would be lower. However, you go back the year last year, yeah. 48. Yep. The year before, 43. Yep. So this is a trend. I yes. mean, he's he's not a guy that stays healthy and he's a good player. Yeah. He's not I mean, 17 his, a game this year. Yeah. Led the league in steals with two. Yep. Solid defender. 39% shooter from three. So he's got the skill sets yeah. that you want, yeah. but it's a, it's a roll of the dice with the injury history. Well, and again, on paper, you know, the first half of the year, he was kind of the consensus defensive player of the year, too. You remember that? Everybody yeah. said he was going to be defensive player of the year, and then he just missed too much time. Yeah. But, you know, on paper, you love everything about OG Ananobi right. on this team. And I, again, OG on this team would make me very happy. I am not trading the third pick for OG Ananobi. And if that happens, it's going to be incredibly depressing because the Blazers got swindled if they're trading the third pick for a guy like OG Ananobi. That would be criminal. It would be criminal, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want OG Ananobi, go get that deal done. You have the the players to go get that deal done. You have the 23rd pick for OG, Yeah, yeah. You can have Ant for OG. for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Steven's got Can you pull that trade up one more time? What we got? You tr- take Scoot and you trade Ant, Nasir, Keon, 23rd pick for uh, Joel Embiid. I think the Sixers are probably saying no to that. Yeah. That's not a, I would love it if they uh, said that yes would to be, that. <laughs> that would be criminal for them yeah. <laughs> to accept that deal. They're not Brooklyn. They don't yeah. make these dumb deals. Uh, okay, text line is open, by the way. We want to hear your thoughts. Do you take Scoot? Assuming Brandon Miller goes too, do you trade? How do you work it out with Damian Lillard? 971-220-5979. That's 971-220-5979 on the X-Ray text line. We've also had somebody over the last couple of weeks suggest names for the G League team. Uh, Sam, you missed it last week. The the revised version after uh, Trial Blazers got shut down was Core of Discovery, which I like, but it's a, it's a little too smart, in my opinion. Sports fans are not... O- overly smart so i think we got to dumb it down a little bit it can still be catchy but uh you know this isn't this isn't a mensa meeting here so uh let's try again with with that but sam let's now move on to the conference finals which have not been good no (laughs) denver swept the la lakers last night it was a really good game but the fact that there was a sweep um now, we did not get your finals picks because you were out. I said Lakers-Celtics. I, the Lakers Ooh. were red hot. 
uh, and I knew that's what the NBA would want, and um, you, I imagine that they would be trying to um, pull some strings in any way that they could to uh, see that that happened, but Denver obviously did not cooperate. It's hard to get the Lakers in when they fall down 3 nothing and they blow a 15-point yeah. halftime lead. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much you can do there, a- and uh, and you get Joker with five fouls in the fourth quarter, and he, he never fouls out, yeah. so I mean, you can only help him so much. Who who were your finals picks coming into these conference finals? I was going Nuggets and Celtics. Okay. I, I the Celtics collapse is insane. I've never seen anything like. Yeah, that. I mean, first two games were pretty close, but yeah. the Heat were were the closers, right? Yep. Jimmy Butler, and yep. then Game Three they just annihilated them. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a absolute bloodbath. Jason Tatum six of eighteen from the field. Jalen Brown, 6 of 17 from the field. They combined to go 1 of 14 from three-point land, Sam. I mean, your leading scorer with Jason Tatum with 14 points. Gabe Vincent had 29 points for the Heat. Duncan Robinson had 22 off the bench. Cody Martin had 18 off the bench. You had 1, 2, 3, 4 Heat players outscore the leading scorer on the Miami Heat. I'm on the uh, Boston Celtics. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy about this Heat team, and I think this is a, a kind of template that a lot of NBA teams should should take notice with. Maybe the Lakers should have taken mm-hmm. notice of it. Look how many guys they run in their rotation. Yeah, you know, and yeah, not, a lot of teams are going like seven. Yeah, and then the eighth guy plays a couple minutes, right. but they played you know legitimate nine and nine. Then some garbage yeah. time. Yeah, I mean. Look at the Lakers last night. LeBron played all but four seconds yeah. of that game, <laughs> and he looked gassed by the end of it. He couldn't hit a shot to save yeah. his life by the end of it because you could tell his legs weren't under him anymore. I mean, this is a 38-year-old guy playing every single minute of a game. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. That's dumb. I don't care if LeBron says, I want to be out there. You need LeBron to be LeBron, and if LeBron is exhausted, he's not LeBron. <laughs> right. So, you know, look at what the Heat are doing. This is such a a well-balanced team where even if Jimmy Butler has a night where he's scoring 16 points, they're still winning by 26. I mean, this is in this, you know, all of the undrafted guys on this yeah. team, Gabe Vincent stepping up big. Max Struess has been really good consistently. Uh, Cody Martin has been excellent in this series. So you have all these role players stepping up and being big time contributors so you don't need to run a guy like Jimmy Butler into the ground every single game because you have other guys that can fill that role if they need to. And the fact that the Celtics aren't able to close down some of these role players is pretty pathetic, to be totally honest, because this no. is a team that, you know, coming into the playoffs and throughout the regular season has been pretty dang good defensively. And they just can't stop this team. And, yeah, I just... This Celtics collapse is again. It it feels like historic to me how well, yeah, how good and, they were in the regular season. The, path, how they are now. the Bucks get knocked out in the first round. Yep. You figure the de facto conference finals matchup is the second round when they beat the Sixers. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they're about to get swept by the freaking Heat. Yeah. Who were an afterthought in the in the regular season? Right. I mean, this is a... They barely made the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. Yeah, they were the eight seed, and they didn't look like a good eight seed. They looked no. like a bad eight seed. Um, not that there's that many good eight seeds, but, I mean, they're clearly not playing like an eight seed right now. But, yeah, this is uh, this is something from uh, from Boston. And how much heat do you think Coach Joe Mazzula takes here? He should take a lot. I, I think him and Jason Tatum need to be bearing the brunt of this because Tatum's been pathetic. 
Yeah. And, you know, J- honestly, Jason Tatum's been pretty pathetic most of the playoffs. He has. He's had some big moments. He, he had, had that some, 51 point game. He had the, the fourth quarter in the penultimate game against Philly. What was that? Game six. Right. Where he sucked for three quarters and he willed him to a win on yep. in, in the fourth. And then he had the dominant game seven, correct? Right. That was where you dropped 51, right? Um, when they blew out Philly. But yeah, other than that, he's, it's been a lot of off performances for Jason yeah. Tatum. And they're and I mean they've got good talent on this team, but they they just don't have the firepower offensively to withstand Jason Tatum and especially Jalen Brown having yeah. off nights. Yeah, they don't have. I mean, who's your real? Who's your third best scorer? Do you have one? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean maybe, it's Derek it's White. I don't. I mean Derek White or or Brogdon. Yeah, you're so reliant those on those two guys offensively. You've right. got a real a lot of really good role players, good defensive players. Certainly with you know the likes of Smart. Your bench is. I mean Brogdon. Yeah, I forgot about Brogdon. But he was 0 for six. Yeah. In this game he off the off. bench. Yeah, though he thought he's he would, been pretty. He good. would be your third best player. I forget about him because yeah. he comes off the bench. But yeah. yeah, he would clearly be your third best score. But yeah, so that's one, two, and three who are no shows. Yep. Uh, and you don't really have four, so that's a recipe for disaster. And then you mentioned, you know, Gabe Vincent dropping 29. Good night, right? Yeah. That's about it. And this the first two games are pretty close. I mentioned, you know, seven in the first game, six in game two, and then 26, and it did not look that close in game three. You know the Heat are going to be looking to close this one out. You know the league would love this to extend a little bit longer because yeah. right now, if the Heat went tonight, we will go a week and a half before the first final game. That finals game one is set in stone June 1st. Does not hap- Does not matter what happens, how early this series wraps up, it will start June 1st. So we're looking at the potential of a week and a half off if Miami wins tonight. Do you think they close this out, or do the Celtics have one final shot in them? I think Miami's closing it out. I think they want that time off. I think they suck the soul out of the Celtics in Game 3. Now, now we'll see, because you can come out two different ways. here. This could go two ways for the... Celtics. You could come out like the Phoenix Suns did in game six, right, where the Nuggets, going back to last round, where the yeah. Nuggets sucked the soul out of them, yeah. and they had no soul left, right? right. They, they did not show up for game six. Or you can be like the Lakers, and their backs are against the wall, down 3-0. They came out, and they had a brilliant first half in that game, specifically LeBron James, where you could tell they were not ready to go home. Now, they blew mm-hmm. it in the second half, but they they – they were not going to go quietly. Right. You 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 think it's going to be more the former for for Boston in this one? I do, and mostly because I haven't seen a good first half performance out of mm. Jason Tatum, pretty much the whole playoffs. Yeah, I don't know that he's capable of that. I mean, he what he had like the longest scoring drought in the first quarter in playoffs history or something like that. There was some crazy stat yeah. where, uh, yeah, 19 straight misses in the first quarter, which is the longest streak over the last 25 postseasons. How many games does that span? That was – that would have been – I think that was the fourth or fifth game in the second round. Wow. Yeah. And just – it was probably over the span of four games, three or four games. But still, I mean, he's he's clearly not a guy that can – flip it on immediately or at least we haven't seen it yet in the in the postseason so if if Tatum somehow figures I mean, out he, how to get to, it to rolling be clear, he can't turn it on we've seen that we've not seen him do that from the jump yeah and I think against this Miami team you need to you need to put up like a, a 
15 to 20 point lead at halftime yeah. to, to feel good about beating this team because they've come back time and time again and just stomped on them. Yeah. So I, I'm not feeling confident with the Celtics at all. No. Um, if I were to guess, I would say it would be more like Phoenix than like the Lakers. I think so. Night. I think so. I, just I don't, don't know think that if it'll be that bad because they already had a really bad game, right, yeah. with game three. That'd be tough to have two in a row, but yeah. I just don't know. I think Miami beat them in game three, and I think that was like, oh, God. Okay. Well, and again, the other thing with, with game three is you didn't win by the hands of Jimmy Butler. No. Jimmy Butler had a pretty quiet game. So do you think Jimmy Butler is going down quietly if, if the Heat have a chance to close out the series? No. No. So no if you and can't even stop Gabe Vincent, how right. are you going to stop G- Jimmy Butler? And if you're, my, if you're Miami... You're seeing that the Nuggets are resting up. You want to rest up, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to. You also do not want this series to go back to Boston. You do not want no. to give them any semblance no. of hope. You're doing whatever you can to close them out here yep. in Game Four. Yep. This is, this is the Heat are going to view this game as a must win. Yeah. Despite being up three yeah. zero, they want to end things tonight. They're not gonna. They're not going to play with their food here. Yep. You know they are going to end this tonight, or they're they're going to do everything they can, I should say, to end this tonight. <laughs> There's a chance that they come out with a, more of a sense of desperation than the Celtics do. Yeah, yeah, and they probably should. Yeah, because again, like you mentioned, the the rest is going to be huge because the Nuggets. You know, the Nuggets are assuming the Heat are going to be moving on, so they're already game planning yeah. for that. Now, that being said, if they sweep tonight, we could be in for a very sloppy game one. <laughs> yeah. If you have two teams True. going at with True. a week and a half off. True. Right? Yeah. I, it'll get better. It'll get better, but game one could be a little rough right. next Thursday if the Heat go tonight. Even the, in the Nuggets, like, you're going to have a week and a half off. There's You certainly want rest, but there's such thing as too much rest. Yeah, definitely. And that's something you're starting to worry about maybe a little bit here. Yeah. Obviously, if Miami, you're not – you're not thinking, well, let's keep this series alive so we're not over-resting, right? <laughs> right. You're, you're finishing it when yeah. you can, right? Yeah. You're, not, you're not even beginning to think about that. But, yeah. you know, from everybody else, as we kind of look ahead, it's like, oh, my, we, we could be in for a, a doozy of a game one. All right, Sam, quickly, let's uh, wrap a bow on the Nuggets series against the Lakers. We both have the Heat closing it out tonight. Nuggets are already in. They have made it. Uh, to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. Another terrific performance from Nikola Jokic, 30, 14, and 13. Another triple-double. Jamal Murray has been huge, 25 points for him. Aaron Gordon, who's had a pretty rough series, you know, great regular season, but he's he's had a pretty rough playoff. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't he's taken a step back. He's looked more like the Aaron Gordon of last year than the Aaron Gordon of this year. But he had a big game, twenty two points, six boards, five assists. Michael Porter stepped up with a double double. Um, you, you really don't play a bank. You play Bruce Brown and then ten minutes of Green, and that's about it. I mean, Mike Malone is running these guys into yeah. the, Michael. Sorry, he does yeah, not Michael, like Mike, Michael. Uh, my not apologies. Mike. Please don't snap at me. Um, yeah, Michael, Michael. Okay. Michael Malone is running these guys into the ground, so clearly they're uh, happy for the rest. Uh, and they've got some decent players off their bench is the, is the funny thing. Um, yeah. You know, Zeke Nagy, um, Thomas Bryant, who doesn't really play, Reggie Jackson, who doesn't really play, yeah. Christian Braun has played a little bit. So they've got some decent depth that they don't really utilize. They, they want to go with their guys. The one thing I want to point out here, Sam – um, is that well two things I want to point out one the final stat line for Anthony Davis in this game is incredibly misleading yeah. he had a nice fourth quarter 
um, to make his stats look respectable. But he got thoroughly outplayed by Tristan Thompson. Yeah, he did. That's not a that's not an overstatement or a joke or anything. That's fact. He was outplayed by Tristan Thompson last night, who actually looked really good mm-hmm. for ten minutes. Uh, okay, I thought of another point too. My my second question. Well, my second point is a question. Okay. Is D'Angelo Russell the worst good player in the NBA? <laughs> You know, I I kind of think he is. He's been so bad because he's sucked. Yeah, for he's sucked way more games than he's he's had a couple good games in these playoffs, but for as good as he is, yeah, he has looked awful for yeah. the majority of these playoffs. He wasn't even start yet. Fifteen minutes, two of four. I mean, he's been a a non-factor to a bad factor in yeah. these playoffs. I mean, I can't think of another good player who is consistently as bad. Well. And you can tell he's just getting in his head, too. Like, what well, should get in his head? Yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and clearly they don't have any confidence in him. Yeah. You know, he moved out of the starting lineup. He's only playing 15 minutes. On uh, that on that note, real quick, what do you yeah. make a, of Kyrie Irving being courtside at the game? Do you think Kyrie's going to L.A.? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Knocks out another. Knocks out. He already knocked off Dallas. Now he yeah. did not. Just go <laughs> through the West, Kyrie. You've blown up the East. Come out West. We could use all the help we could get out here in Portland if you want to take <laughs> take some teams out. You've already got Dallas. That was yep. pretty impressive how quickly yep. he could do that. Now, if he wants to, sure, take out the Lakers. Hell, I say go into the Nuggets, though. Oh, yeah. Go for the yeah. top dog. How about that? That'd be great. All right. Um, okay, my final point, Sam, that I yep. want to get to before we break here in our three questions. Um, I just want to point out that the, the Nuggets made a couple of very savvy moves going in the offseason season. And at the trade deadline this year that have greatly impacted this franchise. Um, And they were moves that were kind of head scratchers at the time. The first one, the trade this summer, trading Will Barton and Monte Morris for KCP. Yep. We were like, ooh, does that make sense? Yeah. Right? You were a really good team. Well, it turns out they did because KCP (laughs) has been really good. Will Barton had an awful year. Yep. Uh, I mean, Monte Morris still good. But that ended up being a hell of a deal. And, yeah. and you look back and it's like, wow, okay, that was a that was a game changer for you. The second move, at the trade deadline, they basically exiled Bones Highland, mm-hmm. who was their first round pick, last not this year but the year before. He had a really nice rookie year, filling in for the injured Jamal Murray. Yep. Jamal Murray comes back. All of a sudden, Bones Highland isn't really in the mix. We were kind of wondering why. Well, it turned out he was not a great locker room guy, yeah. and it doesn't seem like his his teammates liked him. You remember we talked about he threw Jamal Murray under the bus right. on his way out of town. This was a case of addition by subtraction for this team, so it looked like, wow, you're giving up on him already, but here we are, and they finally made it to the final. Yeah, this is uh, an example of a, a great front office and staff that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. Most teams in the NBA should probably take note of, of what Denver's doing. Cause Denver and Miami. They, yeah. You talk about two yeah. solid front offices. Like, these aren't marquee free agent destinations. These aren't, these aren't you know, what you're seeing here is is the superstar teams of the Lakers where Anthony Davis and LeBron James were good for so long, but the Nuggets and the Heat are, are quality teams, right. and that's what you need. They're well-constructed. They're not just superstar guys. They're They're – there, there has been a lot of effort put into to creating a well-balanced team, yep. not just a bunch of really good scorers and, and all-stars, and, and that's what you're going to see. And it will be 
I, I, you know, I mentioned game one could be a little sloppy. This should be a really good finals matchup because you've got two quality teams that yeah. play the game at a really high level. It's not super flashy. You're not going to draw casual viewers. I could care less about that. For basketball fans, this is going to be a really good finals good. matchup. It's going to be really good. We're going to take a quick break, and coming up on the other side, we'll have our three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. This is Blazers Edge Radio on X-Ray FM. Support for X-Ray comes from Pizza Cat. Located at 2174 West Burnside Street. Open for dine-in, takeout, and delivery on Wednesday through Saturday evenings. Naturally 11 crusts and local organic ingredients. Vegan and gluten-free options always available. Online ordering available for pickup at pizzacat.com with a K. Or delivery available through Caviar and DoorDash. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raph, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Support for XOFM comes from Vortex Music Magazine, a chronicle of Portland's musical Vortex, both in print and online, featuring concert photography, a live music calendar, and stories of the Portland music scene. You can receive the print mag in the mail each quarter and get swept up in the vortex at vrtxmag.com. Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio, Ryan Buchanan, Sam Arnold, Mr. Steven Glickman, behind the scenes. It's now time for three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. New Deal's been located in Southeast Portland since 2004. They make craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information is available at NewDealDistillery.com. And Stephen, what is our first question this week? First question today is, what is the worst fan base in sports? Yeah, um... I believe in uh, kicking the Lakers while they're down, Sam. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to hold back here. As I was watching that game, I was thinking, not just the Lakers, but the entire L.A. fan base is just the worst, truly. I mean, you can you, you can certainly throw New York up there. You can certainly throw Philly up there. The difference is those are more passionate and well-informed fan bases. Yeah. L.A. is... is uh, is well known their their fan base for being a front runners. B, they don't really know most of the players. They know yep. the top guys. Yep, they're there to be seen. Yep. So I mean, is there a worse fan base? I mean, you could say like Hornets fans, but they don't really have a fan base. Right. So of an actual existing fan base, is there a worse one than than Laker fans? Yeah, I don't I don't know. And you know, part if of- you ask, okay. Prior to Kobe Bryant dying, yeah. if you would have asked like the year before, um, who's the best player on the Lakers, I feel like half of them would have said Kobe Bryant thinking he was still on the team. <laughs> That's This is my point. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. And part of this is the recency bias of, of seeing everything from this series. And, you know, I saw so many people on, on different social media channels who are Lakers fans saying like I'm I'm so proud of how this team overachieved and we really beat the odds and you know this I mean, team is they did yeah but they they didn't this team wasn't ever expected to be an 8 seed this this team underperformed constantly 
to get to the eight seed. This was yeah. a team that people had as a finals favorite, like every single year, basically. And to me, this has been a, a really pathetic showing for, for the Lakers in general. And, you know, you can't put that on LeBron James. LeBron James is doing his thing at, at 38 years old. But, you know, especially after the trade deadline, like, this team should have done a lot better. This is not a team that should be getting swept that easily because no, that was yeah. This you know if they lose in the in the Western Conference. To be finals, fair, all the games were close. Yeah, so sure. it wasn't like they were getting blown out. But each time Denver finished, yeah, better. and just you know, Anthony Davis is I don't know what to do with Anthony Davis anymore. This this guy is is just so inconsistent and hard. He to didn't rely even get on. hurt. No, he didn't even get hurt. He just he was, was healthy. not any good. Yeah. And he had he had some really good games, did some really good games. Yeah. But he had some really bad games as well. Yeah. See, if I'm if I'm a a true Lakers fan, a true basketball Lakers fan, I am really mad about how this. There's like four of those people. Yeah. There's the there's not many. Um, but I'm I'm upset at how this season went because I'm yeah. saying you know what we we swung for the fences, had the best trade deadline in the entire league, and we're gonna get swept. Yeah. What are you doing? You have a great roster. Apparently, you have a terrible coaching staff because they they couldn't make any adjustments. But, man, this is disappointing for L.A. And and for all of them to be like, oh, this was a success. That's Come on. Well, they got to make themselves feel better. I guess. That's the L.A. way. Yeah, that's the L.A. way for sure. Steven, you got a worst fan base in sports? I don't think so. (laughs) I can't think of anybody. I mean, you know. If somebody wins a big game or loses a big game in Philadelphia or Detroit, you expect police cars to burn. But well, they're just that's passion. Yeah. That's passion right it's there. Passion. Yeah, I respect that more than the LA fan base. LA is showing up midway through the second quarter, yeah. and then the game's really close at the end, and you're like, "We might lose this. I, I got to get going." Yeah, they've got they they know what they're doing after the game. <laughs> yeah. All right, question number two. Question number two, and I have to preface it by saying that I love this question. Is the new Indiana Jones movie the most shameless cash grab in cinematic history? So going back to Hollywood, Sam, uh, now you were unaware of this as of yesterday. Somehow you have not heard the news. No. That despite appearing to have been murdered in 2008 in a little film called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones is being resurrected from the grave uh, next month, and they're going to come out with a fifth Indiana Jones movie with 80-year-old Harrison Ford uh, (laughs) putting the hat back on, and uh, he's coming out, and it's going to be Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So now that you are aware of this, and I'm surprised because the promos during the games have been nonstop, Mm. um, but you must just tune it out, But um, especially the games on ESPN. So is this the most shameless cash grab? There are a lot of shameless cash grabs in Hollywood. That's kind of what Hollywood does. But does this now take the cake where 15 years after we thought that franchise suffered a horrific death and that we could just put it past us and remember the good old days, they're they're dragging them back out there. I think it might be. I'm, I'm struggling to think of another one. I mean, all the Transformers movies have got to be up there. Yeah, but those were never good to begin with. They were never good to begin with. This is taking something that was great and just beating it to death, burying it, digging it up, and beating it again. I mean, some of the the new Star Wars movies are probably up there, but to me, yeah, I... When when you were talking about this last night and I hadn't heard of it, um, you do some digging. 
no not really because <laughs> i'm not interested no, you should not um, be you should not be <laughs> if you yeah, want I, to send hollywood a message please do not go see this movie I, because when people go see it they won't learn anything because yeah. it will work because that's the thing about the cash grab is they know that people will go see it right. no matter how terrible it is yeah and they will win. Yeah, this needs to be like a, a Disney Plus exclusive or something. Just put it right to streaming. Don't even put it in the oh, theaters. I but... think that's I think that's even worse. You think that's direct worse? to direct to streaming? No, you just hey, let him die. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let don't Indy make die. the movie first. I mean, you this... should have never made the one in two thousand. That last one was so years so ago. so bad. Yes, just let the man die. Yeah. It, the 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 problem here is that the major competition to the Dial of Destiny is the Crystal Skull movie, which was the most shameless cash grab in Hollywood history. And to put the icing on the cake, okay. that whole plot for Crystal Skull was directly ripped off from an A-Team episode. I didn't know that. There was, a, if you look up like A-Team Crystal Skull, they had a, a thing and it's the same Crystal Skull and really? everything. So the, the point here is if anybody asks you how many movies are in the Indiana Jones franchise, the only correct answer is three. Yes. Yes. You please. forget we well, I thought we agreed that we forgot the last one ever happened and then I don't know. We still got like a month. Do you think there's anything we can do to, to cancel this? No. Can Harrison Ford say something awful and get cancelled? Oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't want to sacrifice Harrison. I love Harrison Ford, but I mean we gotta do something here, right? Yeah. We gotta protect the sanctity that is Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Please don't see it. Okay. Uh, question number three, Stephen. This is all you. The que question number three is, and this is not ever, but this is w after this season, will LeBron James retire? Because he's hinted at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, the answer is no. Uh, but this is, yeah, this this came up last night after, sometime after the game. What's funny is, he had a very long press conference where he kind of talked about a lot of things, talked about next year, and this was never really brought up. And then about a half hour later, there's a report that old LeBron James is mulling retirement. First of all, he has said for years that he wants to play at least one year with his son, who yeah. will be a freshman at USC this coming fall. So he's going to be around for at least two more years. I mean, the only thing you could say is, does he step away for one year and come back? I just, I don't see that happening. This, yeah. uh, this is just a... I think this is LeBron James wanting to keep LeBron James in the news. I yeah, to me it's I think it's part of that and I think he's he's trying to remind people, "Hey, don't forget how old I am. Like mm. you you can't blame me for this yeah. sweep." Like and you can't. You really can't blame LeBron James for losing that series cuz nobody else on the Lakers stepped up. LeBron well, James uh, carried that. Austin Reeves stepped up. Well, yeah, Austin Reeves did. But he I, yeah, won't I get I'll give him next year. Yeah. I'll give him his credit. He he was he was overperforming for for most of the playoffs, um, but yeah, I I would be shocked if LeBron retires. I think this is just you know it's just headline yeah. stuff. You know, most people when they get exhausted and they mess up at the end of a game, so they basically lose because of you. They'll say something like racist or misogynistic or it's something that was really offensive and LeBron at his worst moment was like I don't know if I can keep doing this yeah so I mean you know take it I think kind of take it with a grain of salt but he was really at his lowest moment when he said it no he's had lower moments but because he that before he won the ring that that series against Boston back when mm. he was with Cleveland probably yeah. will qualify as that but yeah I mean he, yeah it was, it was a good press conference if you happen to uh, catch it, it was about 20-25 minutes that he 
seemed like a likable guy, yeah. which he is not always the best at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by the way, Carmelo Anthony retired. Sam. Yeah, future um, Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. <laughs> now officially future Hall of Famer, Carmelo Anthony. Your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, you just, you may have thought that he had he had already yeah already retired. I mean, because, yeah, he should have because no one else wanted him. <laughs> but now he's doing it on his own terms. Yeah, yeah, good for him. It's, it's time. It's it's been it's time. time. Yeah. It's been time. It's been time. All right. Final thoughts heading into Game Four tonight, Sam. Uh, yeah. I just Boston needs to come out very strong. If Boston's passive in the first quarter, this game's going to be over quick. Yeah. They they need to come out swinging, and Tatum's got to be on. Jalen Brown's got to be on too. Both those guys have to be aggressive, not just settling for three point shots. Because what were they, I think they were one of fourteen combined from three in the last. They were game. one of fourteen combined. Yeah. Just absolutely pathetic. Like go go to the basket. You guys are both big, strong guys. <laughs> Get your buckets. Yeah. Go score. Yep. Well, Jimmy buckets is going to be looking to bounce back. He had a yeah. a kind of a quiet performance um, by his standards yeah, in these playoffs. He didn't, he didn't need points. to. Didn't need to when you got Gabe Vincent stepping up. And you, <laughs> got, you got to give Bam Adebayo a lot of credit because he's playing really well. He's as, been great. You know, in the early going, it was like Jimmy carrying the heat. Now Jimmy's getting a lot more help, and yeah. that makes the heat a lot more dangerous. Um, so next week we will be back, um, and we'll be previewing the finals, which will almost certainly be the Heat and the Nuggets, as no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. But there's a very good chance that after tonight, we have to wait over a week for the next NBA game. But we'll be back to preview the NBA Finals next week. Denver's in. Miami's knocking at the door. We'll talk about that next Tuesday right here on Blazers Edge Radio. Flying Saucer Safari is coming up next on X-Ray FM.